0: You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com.
1: Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is the 757 at 6 on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. 757
0: at 6, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Cox High School Baseball. Frank W. Cox High School Baseball. Stand up and take a bow. It is a... uh, it was a good weekend for Frank W. Cox High School baseball. I say that because, uh, well, first of all, and and kind of most, right on the 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 surface, um, Frank W. Cox High School baseball defeated nationally ranked Independence eight zippy. That's 8-0 for those of you that uh, don't speak with my particular weird slang uh, to win the Class Five state championship. Okay, so. Uh, that's about as good as a high school baseball program can do in a state championship, right? Take a nationally ranked team to the woodshed in an eight zippy contest to to win the whole thing. And maybe the only thing that's cooler than that, because that would have been, um, what was it, the 10th? So that would have been Saturday. Uh, then they got to sit back and watch as one of their very own performs exceptionally well at the college level. And we've talked about that particular school uh, cranking out quite a few few athletes, Um, one of which we've actually spoken to, Chris Taylor. Remember, was it like $12, $15 million a year player for the the Dodgers? Um, On top of that, Ethan Anderson is a member of the UVA baseball team. He is also a Frank W. Cox High School graduate. UVA went into a best-of-three series with Duke, in their super regional with uh which is kind of cool right conference rivals going up against each other in a super regional you know an acc team is going to go to omaha so it's it's you know you've already played each other you get to add that element of of uh strategy to the to the whole ordeal um and ethan anderson did very very well <laughs> right i wouldn't be congratulating frank w cox all this way to then turn around and be like and yeah, he went zero for 15 um We'll start with game one, which was a 5-4 loss for UVA. This was on Friday afternoon. So in a best of three, you lose game one. Tough hole you put yourself in. They lost 5-4, but Ethan Anderson, the first baseman who was part of the all-regional team, uh, went two for four with a run scored and an RBI. Hard to expect much more from your first baseman. Right, he batted 500 in the game, uh, crossed the plate once, and, and brought someone around. He only scored four runs. He accounted for two of them, pretty darn good. And then whatever happened between games one and games two of this little three-game super regional, UVA needs to bottle up, remember what happened, and do that again in Omaha, because they they lost game one, five four. They won game two. 14-4, to four, and they won game three 12 to 12-2. So they lost game one by a run. They won the next two by double digits. So uh, bottle that up. Remember it. Whatever coach said in his pregame uh, uh, speech, say it again. Whatever you ate for your pregame meal, eat it again. I know baseball players are really into the superstition thing, so they're probably not washing articles of clothing and doing all that gross stuff that baseball players do. Do whatever you got to do. You won your last two games against a good Duke team by double figures. And by the way, Ethan Henderson in those uh kept it up. Uh in game two, three for five, two runs scored, three RBI. So even when you score 14 runs, he's accounting somehow for, you know, four or five of them. Game three, he only had two at bats. Do you know why? Because he's got a good eye. Goes one for two, three walks. So obviously Duke was respecting, right? It's like. This guy's been raking for the last two games. Let's make sure we're careful with him. Three walks, he has a run scored, two more RBI in that 12-2 victory. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that's going to open up some eyes. And, and he was one of the better players in the regional also. Like I said, all regional team. So, so you start, I mean, it doesn't take you very long to get to to a situation or to get to a realization that Ethan Anderson is one of the the better players in the ACC, and and you know you start diving in further to see where he ranks in, in, in the nation and, and all these other things.
2: And you talk about you know UVA and Duke earlier in the season. Duke had taken two out of three against UVA. Mm. So I mean you just talk about that history playing each other during the regular season. Now see them in the postseason. It's rare that you see an opponent you've already seen three times for another three game set. This time, obviously, they got the better of them.
0: And yeah, and in a big way in games two and three, but but obviously game one a little bit more of a a, uh, a struggle. Um, the the other thing that's that's, I mean, the guy's batting 377 on the year, right? I, I I'm always leery of of going too in depth, even though we just did it, which and I'll show you why in a second. I'm always leery of going into the game by games for for a player in baseball because you could be hitting like 130 and have a three for four night once right uh you know the the i'm trying to think of a good example of it you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna throw anyone under the bus like that i wanted to go like bobby thompson right who was like a career 200 hitter and then he hits the shot hurt around the world for the for the pirates but i'm not even 100 positive he's a 200 career hitter so uh, i'm not going to go down that that path but but Ethan Anderson like being one of the best players in a regional and in a super regional are is not surprising because he was one of the best players for for Virginia. He's batting 377 on the year. His slugging percentage is 643. He's getting on base almost a quarter, or sorry, almost half the time, 472. So so these are like to be expected of a player like Ethan Anderson. When you go to these matchups, when when you go to to the postseason, you look to your established starters, you look to your best players, you look to the ones that get it done and say, we're going to need you to get it done. If you if you have some kind of contribution from a a more quote-unquote role player or like a defensive specialist, right? If they get hot at the plate, you're welcoming to it. But when you have a, a player like Anderson playing first base especially, right? When you have somebody taking up that part in your, your order, you're going to need them to, to perform in, in a way that, uh in a way that that lives up to that expectation or lives up to that reputation so then you know maybe he was inspired a bit by his old high school and dominating a state championship on on Saturday but that's just a I mean that's just a good day all around right that's why I started congratulating Frank W Cox because um <laughs> I'll put it like this uh my high school had a running back his name was Ben ben tate to the the nation he was known as benny tate around the the high school uh he didn't play at our school his senior year he got in a feud with our head coach and left to our rival high school he then he went to auburn and he was drafted in the nfl and ran for a bunch of yards in the nfl and and it was still kind of electric when he was having a good game like went like you know if he had a big game at auburn the the that next day at workouts like everybody was just kind of buzzing and he actively like left due to our, our coach from our high school and it still was like kind of cool and everybody was kind of like hey yeah do you see Benny uh so even if like you know Ethan Anderson being making big plays at UVA that's cool for Frank W Cox and he doesn't have that kind of negative memory of of uh of the school, like like Benny did, uh, and then I'll throw this on there also. There's a really cool story out there, Virginian Pilot of of, of Anderson um, when he was in the area when he was back here living in the seven five seven. He and his family benefited from an organization that that raised money for for the family of Navy SEALs, uh, and now he's using his NIL power right as one of the better players on one of the premier baseball teams in the country to raise money for. That very same same organization. So, I mean, think about think about it like this. Baseball in college does not get as much buzz as maybe college football or college basketball. I'm not breaking news here. So college baseball players definitely have limited access to the types of name, image, and likeness and branding deals that some others, other positions might have, some other sports might have. To use the cachet that you do to help an organization that helped you, I mean, that's that's pretty cool, right? You could bleed it for every dollar you possibly can to get some gear or some free food or cash or cars or whatever, right? Gas in the tank, whatever. And, and many of us, particularly in college, probably would have experimented trying to get some cash or cars or free food or whatever it, it is to have the the wherewithal and the the idea even to do some of the cool stuff that that he's doing and again you can check out the the article on Virginian Pilot um, that is a feather in the cap again for the player for the player's families for the the community that that helped raise him and part of that community that that was there along the way obviously is his high school so like big big weekend for Frank W Cox there you go Tim, I said Frank W. Cox so many times in that. Like, there's other high schools that are getting mad at me right now. But, sorry, got to do what you got to do. Tim Donnelly's show was earlier today. The 757 at 6 is happening right now, right here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Follow us on Twitter at ESPN Radio 941. Follow us on Instagram at Priority Auto Sports Radio
2: 94.1.
0: All of our social media is brought to you by Dominion Floor Covering. And while you're there, follow me also at Donnelly Sports. Uh, We're going to take a break. When we come back, ODU basketball gets a a commitment from a JUCO basketball player that is automatically my favorite player on the team. I will tell you why when we come back right here on the 757 at 6. Don't go anywhere.
1: Right here, right now, it's time to talk high school and college sports in the 757. It's the 757 at 6 on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1.
0: Seven five seven at six priority auto sports radio ninety four point one. I'm Tim Donnelly, Robbie Vogler producing the show. ODU men's basketball is going to look very, very different next year, and I think it's you know I've said this time and time and time again when we track these commitments. It's just the way that I think, especially mid major basketball is going to be for the the next few years at least. It's going to be very fluid. If you have a great season. You're going to have players looking to, to bounce into the power five. I think that's just a realistic option. If you have a rough season, you're going to have players looking to, to go somewhere else and maybe find more success. So with that case, with that being the case, coaches and programs and and, and assistant coaches are going to have to be constantly turning over the roster. Old Dominion announced the, uh, the signing of Sam Hood as part of their 2023 recruiting class. Sam Hood immediately becomes my favorite player on the team for a multitude of reasons. One, um, he is 6'10", and I think that is something that this team has been missing, right? Just pure size, okay? He comes from Raleigh, North Carolina, straight out of Brunswick Community College. Um, He was described this way on odusports.com by the, the head coach, Jeff Jones. I think Sam is a real sleeper. He will provide us with size, athleticism, and a versatile offensive skill set. He can score on the block and is an amazing – sorry, I don't know why I said amazing. That's just me changing it. Is an outstanding, is what it says. Outstanding three-point shooter. Can't wait to get to work with Sam. That's from the head coach. So you're telling me you're getting 6'10 and a shooter? Love that that scouting report. Now, obviously, you take everything with a little bit of a a grain of salt because that's a very glowing – Recap: very glowing scouting report from the coach that just got the commitment. Uh, he averaged nine and a half points and 4.6 rebounds uh, w- with the community college he, he was just from, okay? So if you shot the three-point outstandingly, he'd probably be a little bit better than 35% from three at the JUCO level, but still, I'm here for it. He's 6'10". As long as you're, you're good enough to make teams have to come guard you on the perimeter and provide spacing, I'm with it. Here's why I love Sam Hood, though, from a personal standpoint. He attended Millbrook High School in Raleigh, North Carolina, where he was on the basketball team. That makes sense, right? He also played quarterback on the football team. Now, I'm not just loving it because I played quarterback and he played quarterback and I love all quarterbacks. I can't imagine he grew like seven inches since he went to college a couple seasons ago. He is six feet, 10 inches tall. Assuming that he's, I mean, what are we saying? Like when someone gets to college, if they grow like two inches, that's a lot, right? So we give him kind of a a maximum number of, he was a 6'8 quarterback in high school. Possibly as tall as a 6'10 quarterback in high school. You want to talk about all the problems that supposedly Bryce Young has not being able to look over the offensive linemen in the NFL. This guy was like a periscope looking over his offensive line wide receivers were were falling over and he still saw him on the other side of the offensive line looking over and down also if you're looking for for like footwork I mean come on right being able like this is where we get into the argument and I can have this argument all day where if you want your athlete if you want to be an athlete uh, that is very, very successful at, at any sport, I always encourage you to play a lot of sports, right? There's a graphic that went around a couple of years ago that had uh, the eight quarterbacks still playing in the quarterfinal round, I guess that would be, of the NFL playoffs. And between the eight of them, they had played like 25 sports in, in high school which is actually an average of more than three per person because one of them had played like track and baseball. And I I, I loved it, right? So if, if I'm looking for a big guy that I'm going to need to depend on in modern basketball, right? And ODU is, is I mean, the Sunbelt's no joke. It's modern basketball. There's going to be... The, the pick and rolls. There's going to be the two-man game where your big guy might get matched up with a perimeter player in a switch situation, whether they want, like it or not. So if I have a 6'10 player out there that's protecting the rim, I love it. And I think that's something they've missed in the past. Watching them, they've had players that play bigger than their size, but not somebody that's like a like a legitimate like rebound guy, right? Well, if you have that guy, occasionally he's going to have to guard on the, the, the perimeter. I want the guy that's taking three-step drops, taking seven-step drops, that's play-action rollouts, right? I, I want somebody that, for the same reason as a football player, I love my my football players, my football prospects, to have played basketball. Right? I want you to be in a three in a, in a defensive stance as much as you're in a three-point stance. I want you sliding your feet and doing all those sorts of things. It helps. So, so, you know, if you're going to take a 6'10 community college JUCO transfer, I'm going to want my guy to be as, as ready to immediately contribute as possible. And part of that comes with the footwork, the size, the, the physicality, all those sorts of things that, that you need from a big guy. Now, what do you get from playing quarterback? footwork physicality uh maybe not size traditionally but hey i just want to see the pictures i want to see him in the gun right like looking over the top of his his offensive lineman like you can see like his waist above his offensive lineman. that's what i want to see but it's still it's it's a giant class. There's RJ Blakeney, who we've talked about, Tyrone Williams, Yamari Alette, Vaishan Alette, Devin Caesar, Devin Pounds, and now Sam Hood, all part of this 2023 recruiting class, both out of high school and transfers. That is a massive, massive amount of new players. And and the the irony is, last year, I thought one of the biggest storylines for ODU basketball, and we talked with Coach Jones a decent amount, we talked with Ted Alexander, the the voice of the monarchs. They had seven new faces, right? They had two new assistant coaches. I thought getting everyone together and and playing on the same page was one of the storylines. And it seemed like they were getting it together at the end of the year, right up until their their season ending game in the conference finals. Um, or in the conference tournament. Sorry, not conference finals. But Robbie just put are these football highlights?
2: Yeah, it's like it's like a recruiting Facebook page kind of thing, and there are highlights, and he just towers over everybody.
0: Okay, I'll I'll watch those in a second and give some play by play, but uh, but it looks like that's like this year it's going to be the same thing, right? There's going to be different veterans still around looking to to lead. There's going to be different newcomers, and it's going to be having to figure everything out on the fly. All right, let's look at these highlights. Sam Hood from 2016. He actually doesn't. He's oh yeah.
2: So he was 6'6 in high school. That's what his profile says. He's a lot of... uh, In
0: these pictures, he has a a lot of legs. Very, uh, like, daddy long legs-ish. Offensive line not giving him a lot of help. We'll do one more play-by-play here. He is significantly taller than the, uh, the running back next to him in the shotgun. Takes a snap, drops back. Gets rid of it on a little in route. All right. I'm not recruiting him to play football. I'm not recruiting him to play quarterback. He has a two-play highlight film posted on uh Huddle. Uh but he, he looked like an athlete. I'll give him that. Moved like an athlete. <laughs> this is this is what's gonna happen now. Let, let's just, just take a step back because like I sent out when I was being trying to be recruited. I I burned like 500 DVDs of my highlight tape and and put them in DVD cases and and wrote a personal note to every coach and fired them out there. Everyone from this era that like has ever like
2: it's just going to be on the internet forever. And it sounds like this is from like his freshman year.
0: It looks like a JV year, yeah,
2: yeah, 2016 boys so. JV football, yeah.
0: He's a 6'6 quarterback. This is how he describes himself. Pocket passer, strong arm, pro-style quarterback, accurate passing on the run, can and will run, reads the option. Can and will. Physicality from your big guy. I love it. Now I need him to bring that football mind space to the ODU down low. I'm sure that's what Jeff Jones is looking for. That's like... But but again, going back to what I was saying about playing other other sports, um, and yeah, by the, like everything they post is just going to be online forever. The internet never goes away. He posted that that highlight film when he was like a freshman in high school, when he was jacked up because he completed a couple passes in a JV football game, and now he's after a, a year or two in in a community college. He's six ten. He's going to play uh, Division one basketball he's he we're bringing up his jv highlights and and watching going like yikes like i'm not recruiting him to play football but he's like yeah you probably wouldn't after my freshman year in jv um which by the way he's 6-6 as a freshman so probably not the most coordinated in the world you usually have to catch up to that sort of thing um but going back to what i was saying i remember coaches saying like literally like what are you doing that i can come watch because they were only allowed on campus for like a sporting event and they'd be like oh i run track and they'd be like okay come watch a track meet like do as much as you can and by the way can't hurt to show like hey i can run track right you want me to play football i might have a little speed hey I'm i'm a basketball player here's my jv football highlights watch my drop back watch watch my my uh movement in the pocket physicality can and will run 757 at 6, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. We will be back with more, including another transfer. How about this? How many times does a basketball player lead an ACC basketball team in scoring and then transfer to a team right here in the 757? That's coming up next. Stick around.
1: The only place that gives you 757 high school and college sports talk on a nightly basis. The 757 at 6 on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. 757
0: at 6, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Before we talk about an ACC leading scorer transferring to a school right here in Hampton Roads, I'm just going to air out a pet peeve real quick. Uh, the fact that college coaches can't talk about individual recruits until they've signed their letter of intent is unbelievably annoying. Now, I don't know how many of you follow college recruiting as closely as I do, but Virginia Tech feels like they've, they've signed like 10 recruits or gotten verbal commitments from like 10 recruits in the last 48 hours. And because the coaches can't say anything, all they do is post like, weird wink wink nod nod gifs and gifs of just like hey it's a good day and it's that means they got a commitment from someone but they don't say they can't say who so then you're just like who is it is it a is it a two-star preferred walk-on or is it a five-star that's going to change the trajectory of the program i don't know why they they shouldn't be allowed to just like retweet what a what a player says like they shouldn't be able maybe they can't like craft it but if a player tweets out a commitment they should be able to retweet it and tell everybody like hey this is who just verbally committed to us What are we what are we doing here Instead you then then you have to go okay all right let me go find the recruiting expert that follows Virginia Tech let me see if they said anything no okay let me go see this person uh, let me just search for the hashtag and it's like everybody knows they're all talking about something they just put like the eyeballs emoji like and a thumbs up it's like all right Why are we speaking in hieroglyphics here? All right, let's jump to Norfolk State women's basketball. How about this? North Carolina State point guard Diamond Johnson announced her commitment to the Spartans on Instagram. Johnson led NC State in scoring last year, her junior season. She averaged 12.3 points per game and led NC State in assists at 3.5 assists per, per game what the year before she was named all ACC second team in her sophomore year she was named ACC sixth player of the year I you very very rarely see a player win when conference awards in a power five conference and then transfer to I mean anywhere <laughs> other than maybe to like a blue blood like if if you're a, a fringe power I don't know why I'm, fringe is probably a hard way to describe it but unless you're transferring like uh let me let me try to pick one that won't insult anybody um unless you're transferring from we'll go with like Miami no cuz Miami's got all the NIL stuff now Washington State I don't know why that that one. Unless you're transferring from Washington State basketball to like Duke or Kansas, right? Unless you're going from, it's very rare to have somebody leading a Power Five school in points and then transferring anywhere else, especially out of Power Five entirely. Diamond Johnson is is doing that, right? And a quote from her right here uh, as part of her. Uh, in, in her announcement video that she posted. A lot of people think you always have to go to Power 5 schools to get to your dream, going to the WNBA, going pro. I don't think it always has to be like that. You can go to HBCUs, mid-majors. I think you can develop there and still chase your dreams. There's a lot of people that say that. Not many people that follow through with that. Right? Remember Thon Maker did it? Or Maker Maker did it? I forget which maker. It was one of the two maker brothers or cousins uh, that didn't went to Howard and then was hurt most of the year and didn't really get to play much. Um, Mikey Williams, prior to the the controversies he's had off the the, the court, uh, had said he was considering Hampton, uh, didn't end up going there, didn't end up committing there even, committing to Memphis, but all that's kind of up in the air due to some, some off-the-court stuff. Uh, Johnson's doing it. And we've actually we've had Johnson on this this program, and it was set up through her name, image, and likeness agent. And she discussed some of her off the court dealings, and she discussed some of the companies that she was working with. So I'm I'm wondering if Norfolk State didn't find a way to make that work. I mean, we we've talked to a, a Norfolk State football player that called himself the king of NIL and was making uh, five figures, maybe low six figures off of off of his. Uh, you know, online channels and everything. So maybe, maybe there's a lane here for Norfolk State to have the the support of local businesses or or just a um a structure in play to help athletes get that uh help athletes get that support. There's got a very uh very strange piece of uh it was um like spam. But it was came from a, an app that I don't think I've ever used. Have you ever gotten something from the news app? I don't think I've I think I I don't even think I downloaded it, but it looked all foreign on my, my I think screen. It just
2: comes on your phone and just
0: it's why would Apple send go. me a notification from an app that I've literally never used and didn't even know I was there.
2: It's well, always listening, Tim.
0: It is. And I don't like that at all. And actually it's it's making my job more difficult, real quickly here. Just the, I noticed this a couple couple of weeks ago because Obviously, I speak for this job, so I'm talking about the things that I've already researched. So like today, I talked about Aaron Rodgers on the Tim Donnelly Show, where we just talked about Ethan Anderson of UVA. Uh, here on the 757 at six. So my my phone and my computer have been listening and now they think I'm really excited about Rodgers and and Anderson and Jokic, the things we've talked about today. So for the next like 24 hours, I'm gonna get nothing but articles about them and I'm going, no, I've already researched this. I need you to show me what's going on in the other parts of sports. Uh, I need my feed to be the other stuff, not stuff I've already talked about because I've already talked about it and we're not just gonna keep going back to it. So it's actually making, so now I have to go actively search more rather than just consume sports and grab you know different articles and different stuff and, and use that as inspiration for the show so it's actually making my job more difficult how it's always listening
2: you're gonna get notifications for vacation spots in serbia
0: probably because we talked about Djokovic and 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 yoke Joker and and Jokic slash joker the two jokers so who, who wants to go to serbia i'll have the deals in a second <sighs> 757 at six that's just a little venting for me at the end 757 at six is going to continue with Robbie coming up after the break Robbie's roundout follow us on social media please Twitter at ESPN radio 941 Instagram priority auto sports radio 94.1 social media brought to you by Dominion floor
1: covering the clock is running out on the 757 at six that means it's time for Robbie's roundup oh wait a minute It's Robbie's Roundabout or Robbie's Roundout, whatever he's calling it today. Here's Robbie Vogler on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Oh,
2: yeah. Happy Monday, happy Monday, happy Monday to you and yours. Robbie's Roundout is what we are calling it today because it is a glorious, glorious day. Before we get into things uh, too closely, don't forget the uh, Pitbull, the, not Pitbull, what am, what am I talking about? The Dream Launch text line is always open, 757-687-9494. If you want to, uh, to, to tell us what to talk about, if you want to drive the show, especially on the 757 at 6... That's where you can go to reach us about any local topic that you may want covered right here on the seven, five, seven, and six. And I try to do my best to, to get my, my get around a little bit, if you know what I'm saying. And I try to cover as many topics as possible, but the dream lawns text line is always available. 757-687-9494. 757-687-9494. Also, Twitter is always available at Robbie Vogler, R-O-B-B-I-E-V-O-G, L-E-R, is always available. If you want to uh to drop me a tweet, give me a follow. If you have if you hate one of my takes, the easiest way to get in touch with me is on Twitter and to tweet at me and let me know that you were so wrong on that. What are you doing? And I'll read it. Maybe I'll respond. Maybe I won't. But you'll at least feel a little bit better about getting it off your chest. 21-0. and 21-0. We always talk on this program. We have discussed it in detail. A lot. Especially over this calendar year as we wrap up the high school sports season Graduations are happening. Earlier this show, we talked about Cox High School doing something that a lot of people did not even know they would be able to do. They, they shut out a nationally ranked team to win their state title. Today, I'm going to be talking about another team in the 757. Another team in Virginia Beach, and that is the Kellum Men's Boys Soccer Team. 21 21- and Oh, and they finished their season over the weekend against Lewis to win a state championship, to finish their, to finish off their undefeated season. And, and it wasn't easy. The, the day before they played Hayfield from Alexandria had to, had to, you know, it was zero zero after, after 90, then they had to play him a little bit little bit more shootout. And they won the shootout. They did it in every certain way. They they made it look very convincing. And you're going to be hard pressed to tell me on this program that a team going 21 and 0 is not convincing because I don't care how, how easy your road is to the championship, how easy your season may be. Going undefeated is still very difficult. We talked about it a lot over in the fall with the tab. I believe it was tabs field hockey team and how they were pretty much. I think they, they finished the season off undefeated. They they pretty much dominated their season. Then maybe they, they lost one game, one or two games. But you talk about the dominance and not only the dominance of this, of this program, but the dominance of what Kellum has been recently. Last year, they went 10 and six overall eight and three in the, in the region. Obviously, you know, loss in the playoffs to James river up in Richmond area in overtime, heart brushing, heartbreaking losses, on their way to uh, to what happened this year, and, and Kellum has always been a, a a contender when it comes to 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 boy soccer. They just they have been they've been a contender for quite some time, and I I think it's one of those things where you look at, at this team and you see what they can do, and it's always funny because I look back at the. And you always have on the on the max prep site which I look and I, I try to find the stats and how they did all season. You look at there's a stat it's called their streak. and it's always great to to end the season with that in green because that means you ended your season on a win. I don't care if you if it was the last game of the regular season and you went and you went 500 on the year, finishing that last game of the year with a win. Sometimes it's just, it's just the best thing because either you went out on top and you won the whole thing, or you at least finished on a good note. They won 21 straight games. They have not lost a game since March 14th, three months, Kellum soccer went through the beach, went through their non-regional games against Grassfield and Western branch and Grafton went through the playoffs in exceptional form. And on the year, they were, they, they, they were, they forced 64 goals. They scored 64 goals, only allowed six goals all season long. That's, that's impressive. Don't get me wrong. That's impressive. But what's more impressive, they did not allow a goal. All playoffs long. So the playoffs started back a couple Fridays ago on, on the 26th of May. They shut out Grassfield 2-0. Then they played James River. That name may sound familiar. That's the team who, who eliminated them last year. Beat them 3-0. You know there was some pent-up aggression in that game. The following Friday, the 2nd of June, so we're talking just a couple, like a week and a half ago, Lansdowne, a division, a region rival, they beat them 2-0, Forest Park up in Northern Virginia, 1-0, Hayfield, like we said before, up in Northern Virginia, one in a shootout, and then, of course, what they did yesterday against Lewis who surprisingly didn't have a stellar year, but got hot at the right time. one one nil. And my hat goes off to them, the program, the, the athletes, because winning a state title is something special. I, I've been fortunate enough to be a part of, of state title Teams, not as a participant, but I've been on the team when my, my team has won a state title. That may make no sense to any of you. But it's, it, there's a certain feeling when you can say, hey, we were the best team in the state all year long because obviously going into the playoffs, they were 15 0. And they had to win six more games in the playoffs. In order to win the state championship. And what'd they do? They went out in dominant fashion. They didn't allow a goal in the final six games of the year. The final eight games of the year. They had not allowed a goal in about a month. And... They went on to win a state championship, so congratulations to Kellam High School boys soccer team. Like I said, I know I know we talked about soccer last week, with the whole messy thing and, and all that jazz. But well, man, such a cool thing to to see a twenty-one and zero record. Like I said, we talk about appreciating greatness so much on this program. It's very difficult to go undefeated on, on in any sport. I don't care. Whether you play football, basketball, soccer, does not matter. It is very difficult to go undefeated no matter what. And they did it, and they did it in a great fashion. That's gonna wrap things up for the 757 at 6. And of course, Robbie's round out. Don't forget to go follow us over on social media. You can follow me at Robbie Vogler. You can follow Tim at Donnelly Sports. You can follow the station. At Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1 on Instagram. And, of course, at ESPN Radio 941 on Twitter. Dream Loss text lines always there. 757-687-9494. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Shorten show pretty much the rest of the week because of Tides Baseball. NBA Finals coming up tonight. I believe coverage starts at uh, 730 right here. So in just about 30 minutes or so. Right here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. For Tim Donnelly, I'm Robbie Vogler saying so long, have a great night. We'll talk to you soon. Later.